Hey friends, thank you for joining us today. And make sure to check out our website. We've got lots of things going on here, different ways that you can get connected. We've got events coming up, um, ways that you can connect online as well. So be sure to check out our website. Also like and subscribe so that you can know when more uh, content gets uploaded on our YouTube channel. Enjoy. So I'm gonna begin tonight by talking about the season of Advent. Um, Oh, man. Um, the season of Advent, it happens every year. And, um, and I feel like growing up, I felt obligated uh, to open up the Advent calendars and eat the chocolate. The, the eating the chocolate part hadn't been the obligation, but the Bible passages for each day um, had been. Um, and so growing up, the Advent I did, was the 24 days before Christmas, and then finally Christmas got to happen, and I could open presents, and then I'd be seriously disappointed the day after. And there was this pattern of the Christmas season. The Advent season was really boring. So today is the f- first day of Advent. Um, and, and so for a bunch of us who grew up in this culture of the Advent season as being very boring, the odds are if you engage it as being boring and does not really have a purpose, that's how Christmas will be also. Um, a bunch of us who are dissatisfied the day after Christmas, or dissatisfied on Christmas, or dissatisfied the day before Christmas, or dissatisfied in general, is, is a direct correspondence to how you engage Advent. There is something about the Advent season that forces us to tell the truth about the things that are going on inside of our hearts. There is something about the Advent season that keeps bringing us back to the same place year after year after year saying, tell the truth. Be honest. And there are four topics that are brought up during the, it's going to be a good night. There are four topics that are brought up during the Advent season that seem to be the underlying current of the desire of the human heart. Our four topics of Advent are peace, love, joy, and hope. As if since the beginning of the church, This is what we really desire. The term Advent means arrival, but that's the English interpretation of it. Like, that's the end goal, because the people who speak this vocabulary, we only care about the end. But Advent is like the whole thing. It's everything that brings up to the arrival. It's the coming and the going. For, for God to arrive, he also had to leave. And for him to be here, he's present. And he, he, he came, he left, he arrived, he is, he's there. Advent, the advent. It's the leaving, it's the coming, it's the present, it's the arrival, the advent of the coming of Christ. There's this idea in Advent that, that to prepare and journey through the season of Advent, the question that people ask are, is typically, are you ready for Christmas? This is an age-old question in the church, but it hadn't been about, did you get all your Christmas shopping done? The church doesn't care. What they were saying back in the beginning of the Advent seasons of have you put in the time, 
Have you practiced Advent? Have you pursued peace? Have you cried out for joy? Have you engaged love? Do you have hope? Are you ready for Christmas? Yes, I'm ready for Christmas. The Advent season prepares the human heart for Christmas and fulfillment in the arrival of Jesus is built in this idea of Advent and telling ourselves the truth. And there are four candles for the Advent season. And tonight's candle is the candle of peace. Because at the beginning of the Advent season is this idea of peace because the other three things cannot come apart from it. However, a lot of people think peace comes at the end because peace is the end goal. But peace is not the end goal. Peace is the beginning of all things that are going to give birth to hope. Peace is the beginning. Peace is the foundation of the beginning that gives birth to, to joy. Peace is the beginning of, of experiencing the depth of love that God has to give. It's all about peace because peace in the beginning begins in this idea of the presence. It begins in the idea of presence because there's this idea of talking about peace that, that if I say, okay, uh, the Christmas season or the Advent season is all about this pursuit of peace, what people are going to tend to think about is, is the peace between countries, the peace of, of, of fighting, the peace, um, the, the physicality of things. But if you boil it all down to the origins of the beginnings of chaos, it's all inside of the human heart. The presence of peace begins and it grows from this idea of a human experience. So in the beginning of the Advent season, our first topic is peace. Here's something that's really, really cool about our sermon series that our church has been going through. So, so our, our church has been going through a sermon series on the gospel of John, and it's finding ourselves in John chapter 14. The iconic Advent passage on peace is found on John chapter 14 and is tonight. Had that been planned out? No, it was a surprise, a surprise, Christ Community Church. Here it is. I'm going to put it up here, and so if the whole church can say it together and kind of proclaim this passage, and then we're going to unpack it and have, have a fantastic experience. Okay, here we go. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly as my Father commanded me. Come now, let's leave. Okay, so that's our passage for tonight. The end of that is so fun. Come now, <laughs> let's leave. That's how he ends the chapter 14. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, anyway, so 
here's this passage on peace. I want to set the context before this passage and after the passage, just a tiny bit before. So Jesus in John chapter 14 has talked a ton about the Holy Spirit. And this is the first time he's really going into depth about the Holy Spirit. He, he's kind of prophesying that he is going to go, he is going to die, and the Holy Spirit is going to come. The previous couple sermons, Pastor Allen does a great job unpacking the Holy Spirit, so go back and hear those sermons. However, today is like the closing of John chapter 14 and, and like the talking of the Holy Spirit. So this is the very end. Then the thing that's to follow, I, I, I truly have to paint a picture of the things that are to follow because if that is not presented, this passage, is, it truly is not going to hold the value that it should. It's like, um, okay, so from this point on, from the turning of the corner in, uh, from John 14 is there is pain, there is suffering, there is death, there is crucifixion, there's broken bones, there's blood, there's disappointment, there's betrayal, there's deceit, there's hanging, suicide, bad things are happening, okay? John chapter 14, everything that's to come from here really is painful, Beyond that, beyond the crucifixion, beyond the broken bones, the blood, the, the death, the, all of that, the disciples, 10 of them are going to die terrible deaths. They're going to be persecuted. They're going to carry a faith that no one believes. They're going to, they're going to proclaim to the ends of the earth, and they will, I mean, hangings, beheaded, burned alive, you name it, they get to experience it, right? Bad things. And, and so the things that are ahead of the disciples, the things that are ahead of Jesus at this time is full of pain and suffering. Up until this point, it's been really cool. So, so dead people have been brought back to life. Blind people are seeing. Crippled people are getting up and walking. Wow, yes! But from this point on, it's almost the opposite. This is pain and this is suffering and this, but wait, wait. I gotta prepare you because I am bringing you peace. So th this passage, how he closes up the idea of the Holy Spirit, furthermore, he's closing up the idea that he's going. He is leaving. He's like at the beginning of the Advent season. Remember the whole term, how it isn't just arriving, it's the going, the coming, the arriving, the presence, the all-in type of you can go but be present at the same time, this is Advent. It's weird, but there's something in the Advent vocabulary that is all things. And so, so he's, he's doing this thing in John chapter 14 saying, guys, I've got to be really honest. I am going, but the Holy Spirit is coming, so I'm going to technically be here too. But I have to go so that the Holy Spirit may do all the things that it's going to do. And he's the advocate, the paraclete, the he will walk and be inside, all these things. And you will do great things as you do what I have told you to do as you see me, as I see the Father, and there's a lot of great, but I gotta go. But I will give you this peace because the hard times are coming. The Advent season is born for the hard times, right? It's all about this idea that Jesus Christ, who is God, 100% is coming to the earth to be born into darkness, physicality, pain, 
skin, bone, blood, incarnate. Like, that's what's cool about our God is this idea of incarnation. It's like he, he is born into our thing. This is Advent. He is born into our thing to experience it and to feel it and to body it and to be it and die in it. Advent is born into people who are experiencing humanity, and humanity is really hard. Why do I know it is hard? Because the human heart desires peace. (laughs) If it didn't desire peace, it would be like it already had it. There would not be a call for it. The human heart desires love because it often feels the absence of it. The human heart desires joy because it knows sadness really well. The human heart needs hope because apart from it, there's no reason to get up day after day after day. Being a human being is difficult. And this passage speaks into the difficulty of being human because hard times are real, okay? The other thing that's cool about this passage is I found that it's better to understand this passage going from the beginning or the end to the beginning compared to the beginning to the end just as how he forms it. So I'm gonna teach tonight's passage from the end to the beginning, and it's gonna cause the aha to happen compared to going from beginning to the end because you've all heard that before and have the same answers, okay? So here's how the passage ends. You have heard me say, I am going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming, and he has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. So this is how the passage ends. He's like, so I am telling you this, and I've said this all of John 14, that I have to go. And I'm telling you I have to go because when it happens, you will believe the things that I've said are true because the prince of this world is coming. Okay, What does that mean? The prince of this world is coming because this is pretty cool. He's pretty much saying hard times are coming. I'm going to die and so are you. They're like like everything's going to hit the fan and when it does, I'm telling you this so that you may believe that everything I've heard is true. What isn't he saying here? He isn't saying, I have brought eternal happiness and joy for everyone. (laughs) So after I go, enjoy it. And if bad times happen, that's a surprise. No, he's saying, man, (laughs) I gotta go. But bad things are coming. The prince of the world is coming. 
Who's he talking about? He's talking about the enemy. He's talking about Satan, right? And the things that Satan does. Like he has been at his business since the beginning of time. And his business is to destroy you, right? So he's probably really good at it. And so he's presenting this idea, the prince of the world is coming, but he has no hold over me. What is happening here? He's, he's presenting this idea of like, man, it's going to look really gnarly, guys. It's going to look really bad for all of us. Do you see what's coming? But he has no hold over me. I want to pull back the veil a bit. I want to tell you the truth. I'm just playing along. And all of this pain, all this suffering, all the thing that you are going to see, I'm telling you ahead of time, this is what it is to be the incarnate. This is what it is to step into your world. This is what it is to advent. This is what it is to bring peace. This is what it is to bring love. This is what it is to hope. I'm bringing you hope and speaking about peace. Right? Because the prince of this world is coming. It will not be a surprise. When he does, you will believe. And in fact, he's doing it. The prince of the world is coming so that you may know I love the Father. What does that imply to us? Going into hardships and pain and darkness and sorrow and anger and grief and chaos and all of our fears. Like, what does that mean? There's a lot here, especially in the Advent season for us in the pursuit of peace, love, joy, and hope and the arrival of Jesus. The passage continues to go back. He presents this idea of the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold over me. Like, see the bigger picture. See the bigger perspective. There's a lot of power in perspective of the gospel of Jesus Christ because perspective is king here. Okay, the passage continues on. No, that's, that's the beginning. Let's go back to the end. A little more. Thomas. Come on, Thomas. Okay, not, not that one. That, that's at the very end. Okay, so um, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled, do not fear, okay? So, so that's how it goes back. Um, so, so, so there's the idea. He says, I am going. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not fear. There's this idea of fear and this idea of Jesus bringing comforted, comforting to the troubled hearts, those that are embodying fear. So I'm going backwards here, right? So, so he presents this idea of the prince of the earth is coming and there's gonna be chaos. But do not fear. Do not let your hearts be troubled. This, th this phrase, do not fear or do not be afraid, is the most common command that is in the Bible. It's in the Bible 365 times. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. 365 times, as if it's kind of important. Why? Because this is something that the human heart is really great at. It's great at being afraid. 
In fact, psychologists say that all the problems on the earth, they begin from a heart of fear, a perspective of fear. Someone is afraid of something. The things that are happening overseas somehow is inspired by someone is afraid. Do not fear. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And oftentimes it's followed by this idea of solidarity. I am with you. Or I am here. Or he has found favor with you. There's this idea of the presence of God is the opposite of, or the antidote or the hand holding of fear. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not hold on to fear. Do not let your hearts be troubled. There is something here because deep down, deep down, almost everything you and I do or inspired by in a bad capacity is inspired by the idea of fear. And the idea of peace presented in this passage and presented biblically, the, the idea of peace is the opposite of fear. And I don't understand from outside of a biblical context how this is because I would say peace and chaos. The, the opposite of chaos is peace. But biblically, the opposite of peace is fear as if fear gives birth to anything that is chaotic or unholy. Peace is the antidote to fear. Fear, if you're honest and if you think about it, every negative thing and everything that you are gonna pursue that is unhealthy or ungood has some sort of root or core value that you are afraid or insecure of something. Like if I'm totally honest, I'm afraid I'm going to die of cancer at the age of 52. That, that's a fear that I have because I had a parent who died at the age of 52. If I pass that, I'm going to throw a party. But that is a genuine fear that I have. It is a common fear that people are going to die of a terminal illness. Who also has a fear that they're going to get sick? Hands. Yeah, the fear of sickness. And if I see other people's hands go up and go, oh, good, it's just not me. And I feel a bit better because there's solidarity there. If I'm honest, I have a fear that I'm a bad father and that I'm dropping the ball constantly. And so it causes me to overcome. Who, who here also has a fear of being a bad father and that they're dropping the ball constantly? Or a bad partner, a bad spouse. Who thinks they're being a bad spouse and they're not showing up as well as they should? I have a fear that the economy is never going to get back and my 403B is going to be terrible forever. Who is scared about the economy? Yeah, I mean, like, like, like there are things, legitimate fears. I mean, like, I have fears um, that, that I eventually someday am going to be by, by myself forever because people are going to find out who I am and I'm a big fraud who has a fear of being found out and being by themselves forever. 
right? I mean, who has, I mean, like, there's so many things. Like, these are just my fears. And I, I know how I overcompensate for them. And I know what drives me. And the idea of, of seeing people's hands up and saying, I have those fears too. I have those fears too. It's like this solidarity of the human heart and saying, man, we all seem to kind of have the same fears. And I'm sure we could go on forever and sharing our fears. Fears, that would be really cool, actually. However, this passage in Advent speaks into this place of fear, and it's assuming that you have them. If you don't have fears, then you are superhuman and awesome. And if you aren't superhuman, thank you for being honest, because superhuman people don't exist. If you are afraid, have fears, things that keep you up and make you sweaty, good for you. Everyone in this place who has a heartbeat does too. We're afraid people. That's why in the Bible, 365 times, a command for every day on the calendar, do not be afraid because I keep forgetting that I shouldn't be because the thing that the earth gives us is fear and troubles. That's the gift of being a human being. Why? Because that's in the Bible too. Here it is. Please, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, passage. I don't know. Just pop it up there. <laughs> there it goes. Okay, I'll just do the whole thing. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Okay, so going backwards. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Then he says, I do not give as the world gives. Do you see how going backwards kind of helps in this context? It is not talking about peace. The earth does not give us peace. What does the earth give us? It gives us fear, it gives us troubles, and he is contrasting that. If we give each other the gifts of anxiety, fear, and trouble, you are not giving the things that Jesus gives. You are giving the things that the earth gives and the prince of the earth gives. Fears, worries, troubles, and anxiety, if you are participating in fear, anxiety, trouble, you are opening the packages of the prince of the world. Don't open those. They're not for you. John chapter 14 says, I bring you gifts of peace. I'm leaving it with you. Do not open the gifts of the the prince of the world. Do not open the gifts of anxiety or fear or worry or a troubled heart. Those are not for you. Then we're at the beginning. My peace I leave you. My peace I give you. This is the beginning of the passage of the Advent season. My peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Bring back the Advent aorist tense of this word, the leaving, the presence, the arrival, the coming, the 
all of it at the same time. How can he leave peace and give it? And how can he give it and be it? Especially because throughout this journey together with him and the disciples and this idea of the vocabulary of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus Christ here on earth by the side of their disciples is the essence of peace itself. And he begins the John chapter 14 by saying, I am leaving you. If I am a disciple of Jesus, this chapter on peace is the opposite of the chapter on peace, right? Like, like the presence of Jesus right by my side is saying, I think I'm gonna be okay. But then as soon as he says, I'm leaving, that's when I start to feel chaotic, right? Like that's when I start to feel like things might not be okay. That's when I start to feel like, wait a second, I don't think I could do this by myself. Wait a second, who's gonna fix the economy? Wait a second, I'm a really bad dad. Wait a second, I don't know all the answers that they're gonna ask me, Jesus. Wait a second, you're asking us to build your church. Wait a second, where are you going? And this is the iconic passage on peace. And he says, I will leave you peace and I will give you peace. And peace is the presence. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Remember the context before this passage is, is, is he is talking all about the Holy Spirit. And who is the Holy Spirit? The presence of Jesus on earth. With you, in you, through you, with you, for you, under you, around you. All the things. My peace I leave you and the peace I give you. In the beginning of this passage, it's this, I am going, I am coming. It's like this, I am adventing, if that, that can be a thing. I am adventing with you. It's time to be the incarnate, but not in the earth, in you, in you, around you. I have to go so I can come. There's something really cool happening here, and it will be personified and experienced through this idea of peace. I am with you. I gotta go so I can be with you more. And he presents this idea, this truth of in his going, he is coming. And the evidence of this, the evidence is peace. You will have peace because all of this is to happen don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled because you are a human being experiencing human things and you're always afraid. Do not be afraid. I am here. I will bring you peace. There's this idea of the presence of Jesus in a profound sense within the Holy Spirit that this is the thing that separates Christianity from every other faith that is out there. It's the Holy Spirit. So if people are afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit inside the church, it's not the church. Because this is what separates us from everybody else. We really believe that in his going is his coming. We believe that he is here. We believe in his peace. We believe in the presence of Jesus. And this is the embodiment of Advent from the beginning. Because there's this idea, if you really believe in the presence of God and that Jesus is here, 
Could you possibly be afraid? That's a really good question. Is it possible to be afraid if you really believe that the creator of the earth and you and the economy and the planet and the solar system and atomic particles and quantum physics and everything that you care about is right here and he really loves you. Is it possible to be afraid? There's this power in the presence of Jesus in understanding it and accepting it and going, huh. There's this power in the idea of adventing the leaving, the being, the presence, the going, the arriving with Jesus. Adventing is going and coming, arriving and leaving with Jesus by our side. This is the journey of Advent and being honest about our human hearts and our desire to fear. Adventing. What is Advent? What is the promise? What is the desire of our hearts? What is Jesus leaving and giving peace? What would it be like during the Advent season to believe that you are doing it with Jesus by your side? That there is this peace in the, of the presence of Jesus. It would be like, how, how could I be afraid if I'm a really bad father if the one who created fatherhood and family and me is right here. What, how could I be afraid of dying of a terminal thing? Which I am going to die of a terminal thing anyway. Anyway, but if, if the one who developed the human body and veins and blood and bone and, is right here. What if, like, this idea that he is incarnate in our lives and in our story and our journey and the promise of the gospel is that he actually really cares. There's this peace that biblically surpasses all understanding that is a definitive fruit of the presence of God. It seems that the people who have seen the face of God and believe that he is here have a profound sense of peace. What does that say about people who do not? Just gotta ask it. What is the fruit of anxiety, fear, and troubles? Where does that come from? Is it time to leave that behind? And there's this truth in the power of the solidarity of our fears in calling those out. There's a beauty of it. Because think about it. What are the prophecies of who Jesus is all throughout the book of Isaiah, right? He will be called Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Like the great council, like the Prince of Peace. In contrast to who? The Prince of the World. The Prince of Peace. Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. In a time of fear and death and anxiety and how it's always been, in a hope of joy, love, and peace that's presented this idea that God will come here and you will call him Emmanuel because what you will see is he is really here. God is with us. And if God is with us, peace abounds. And from that platform of peace, there is a beauty of joy, love, and hope. And 
when you engage from this platform, man, Christmas has so much more meaning. In our place, the place that Advent crashes into, it's a pretty dark place. The place that Jesus was born into, it's a really dark place. Your body is afraid with what we're born to do, our flesh, our bone, our blood, or what makes us tick. What he was born into was a rough place. I could pose an argument from a Hebrew perspective that fear is a place. And there's a Sufi poet who has this poem that I enjoy, and he begins it by saying, fear is the cheapest room in the house. Fear is the cheapest room in the house. You deserve to be someplace better. What does that mean? Fear is the cheapest room in the house, yet it seems like we are all held here in fear. Advent crashes into that place. There's this passage At the end, he is talking of the Holy Spirit, this whole chapter on the Holy Spirit. He presents this idea of peace. I am leaving it, and I'm giving it. I am coming, and I am going. I am going, and I'm coming. I am adventing here. Do not be afraid. Do not be troubled. Everything is going to hit the fan. The prince of the earth is coming. I'm telling you this ahead of time. Things are going to get rough. But he's doing it so that you may know I love the Father. What does that say for us during the Advent season? And then he goes on and he brings this idea of hope. But then he ends this chapter of fear, peace, trouble, Satan, the apocalypse, the end of the world, pain. How does he end this passage? Come on, let's leave. I mean, like, yes, please. It's almost like fear is a place. It's almost kind of like fear is this place that brings us hostage. Fear is this place. It's almost like this whole time that is that he's painting this picture of like, man, things are rough. Things are gnarly. Things are here. We, I gotta leave, and we gotta go. And come on, let's leave. Where? And you have to. And how this is. It is a very Adventish term. Come on, let's leave. Come on, let's arrive. Come on, let's do something. Come on, let's not stay here. Come on, let's leave. For John to put this final sentence in there is a really, really fun, beautiful thing that I think I could do a sermon on by itself. Come on, let's leave. It's as if you do not belong here. The place of fear that has held you in bondage for so long, the place that you are, the things that you are terrified of, the house that you have built of fear and anxiety and troubles that has been handcrafted by the prince of the earth that is not for you anymore. And it's as if God comes and says, come on, let's leave. This is not your home. And from this place, Advent begins. Because from the platform of peace, hope begins to shimmer just a tiny bit. 
where it did not shimmer before. Joy begins to be something that you could possibly maybe have. And love is something that you could possibly feel, that you possibly have not felt to that extent in the past. But it begins in this place of peace and you beginning to advent as you leave, as you come, and as you find yourself present with Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, we thank you for the Advent season. We thank you for everything it means. We thank you that you left and you came, and that you are here, and that you're coming and you're going, that you are an author of a brilliant story, that you see our hearts, and you see the fears and the anxieties and the troubles and the things that are not for us. Help us give them back. Jesus, will you take these things from us? Will you show us your presence? Lord, for those of us who need to hear it, Will you say it one more time? Do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Say it again. Do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Lord, speak this to us every time fear begins to poke out its head. Tell us this day after day because we forget. Thank you for loving us so much. Jesus, show us where you are every second of the day. Speak to us so that we can hear you and be comforted in this season. Lord, during this time, bring to us the fears that have defined us. Show us the house that has been built that should be set on fire. Lord, teach us how to begin this Advent season in a profound way. Teach us how to Advent. So there is a box that's on the app and our site that gives you the opportunity to click and talk to somebody at this point. So if there are things that during this sermon uh, that cause you to be challenged, convicted, inspired, something that says, man, I'm just dying to talk to someone, there's a great opportunity to do that. Just click that box and there are people here that are just excited to talk to you.